So I say, if you tell me your core values, if we help define your core values, and we use that as the lens in which we see the world and all of our future conversations through, 99% of the time, the problems you had will just be because you weren't living in alignment with your core values. Welcome to Hope to Recharge podcast. Thank you for joining me here again today. Every week we meet here to break the stigma around mental health and to bring you insight and inspiration and lots of practical tips from personal stories or professionals around the world that share how they turn their journey of mental health into healing or to thriving. Together we will break the stigma one story at a time. And mental health together is always better. Thank you for joining me here today. I'm your host, Matana. Let's get started. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp.com, the leading online platform for therapy. You can access thousands of therapists one click away. Go check out BetterHelp.com forward slash hope to recharge. Get 10% off your first month. Start your wellness now. Hello, and thank you for joining me here today. Today, I have Jason Wasser. And I'm really excited after many times trying to schedule a meeting. We're both in Florida right now, and it's amazing how things happen exactly at the right time. And I'm very excited to deep dive into this conversation because he's a therapist, but he treats people in a way that I so connect to in my core and belief in what true healing is. Yes, traditional therapy is talk, it's analyzed, it's deep dive, but there is so much more to healing. And in my own private journey, my spiritual and holistic and non-traditional healing was, I would say, 80% of my healing. And that's what I continue to attract myself to. And I say I split myself into two. One is my cognitive and one is my reality healing. And they have to merge and they have to get together. And I was so excited to have Jason on because he really does this with his patients. And it's so interesting. And it's actually a topic that I'd never heard about before I actually spoke to Jason. So Jason, thank you for joining me here today. My pleasure. I'm really excited. I know, like you said, this has been a long time coming. So I know we have to unpackage a lot of what we've been talking about offline in a very short time for your community online. So I'm very much looking forward to doing that with you. And if we need another recording, we'll do another recording because this is a topic that I know that so many of our listeners, like just they crave to understand a little bit more of what is this different kind of therapy that is evolving now with life more than ever. The last 10, 15 years, the more spiritual, I know that you don't like that I call it the spiritual or the non-traditional what do you call it? You gave it a nice name. So the way I've kind of realized over the last year or so, as I've gotten cleaner on how to express what I'm doing is that I'm a mind-body integrative wellness practitioner. So even though I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, which means that, right, I went to graduate school, I have certifications and I had supervision and clinical hours, right? which is requirements of every single person who is licensed as a therapist across the country, different requirements, but you know, relatively bare minimal. Everybody has the same entry level background of a minimum of a master's degree. The mind body stuff has come along for the ride where I never knew myself as a practitioner could do that because I thought it was out there for the acupuncturists and the chiropractors and the woo-woos, right? Right. That are even more out there. The holistic health people that don't necessarily have the clinical or the scientific background behind them. And many years ago, my own story was in 2010, I was going through a divorce and I was having massive panic attacks. 
And I was at a training at University of Miami. They have an integrative medicine department. And one of the modalities in which they showed us was this protocol called neuroemotional technique. And I saw other variations of like something like this that involved what we would call muscle testing. And that can elicit a response in feedback from a client about what's going on. But I never saw in a way that combined both the neurological understanding, right? The, what's happening in your fight or flight and your conscious mind and stuff like that with the understanding of the five elements of Chinese medicine that different energies flow along different pathways in our body and those pathways connect to different emotions, which are the different pulse points or the different meridians indicate. So for example, which is one of the five main meridians is connected to lungs and grief and sadness is connected to lungs, which is the body organ. And that body organ is along Mm. the pathway, along the meridian. So when you know Mm -hmm. those people who are walking around and they're sighing a lot, (sighs) those people, that's what we would call, you know, a lung metal symptom. So we can tell those people that are chronically sighing, (sighs) those people, there's something going on in their emotionality connected to something in that theme. So once this framework was kind of explained to me, about a few months later, I went to a practitioner who actually practiced this modality. And within three sessions, my panic attacks went away. No way. No way. hundred percent. Literally. Done? Done. No fear from it either? No fear. I already did acupuncture. I already did meditation. I already did massage. I already did a psychiatric medication with a really amazing neurologist who I incredibly trust. I don't send my clients to psychiatry. Mm-hmm. I, I send them to neurology. And this practitioner specifically does very low dose, very, we're going to do 90 days and we're going to, right? And that type of thing. It helped, but it didn't solve the problem, mm-hmm. right? Within three sessions, I remember walking into my office. I used to park in the back behind the building and the thought came back up. But then I remember the feeling that the thought was rolling off my head, like there was Vaseline around my brain. So the mm, thought was there, the, reaction. the physiological trigger never kicked in. The reaction, the physiology, right? Wow. And I'm like, holy crap, that was weird. Right. Three sessions. And a month later, I took my first training. It was in Orlando. So I drove up excitingly. And I remember sitting in the room and I was already a therapist for, I don't know how many years at this point, seven, eight years. And I remember looking around and seeing a well, majority of the people were chiropractors or acupuncturists. And I never more inept to be able to solve a person's problem in comparison to what was happening in three to six to seven minutes while doing this technique. That we can drill down, find the original event, find the original emotion, find a trauma. And when I'm going to describe the word trauma as anything that our mind body is still holding on to. Mm. So if we want to talk about post-traumatic stressor, it could be anything. You don't need to be in an abusive situation or God forbid, in a military situation, right? To have post-traumatic stress. It's that anything that your mind body doesn't respond to returning back to normalcy. So by the end of that weekend, I started practicing with my workbook right open saying, clients, hey, can I try this new thing on you? Can you hold my workbook while I go through it? Will you be my guinea pig? And I was fast tracking. All of a sudden things were coming up that never would have come up in therapy sessions after year, two years, five years, multiple therapists that we were finding in like 15 that never got addressed before. And so that's this modality is called neuroemotional technique or NET. And It's a clinically researched mind-body stress reduction protocol that you have to be a licensed medical practitioner to participate. There are other Mm -hmm. practitioners that do relative to what we would call muscle testing or medicine type things, but this is the main clinically researched journal published 
clinically validated modality that is proven consistently with brain studies, as well as blood studies, as well as academic articles being published about this that exists in the world. Why don't more people use this? It sounds like it's the magic pill. Like I've been to so many quote unquote healers and biofeedback, energy healers, all the different modalities, either in person or from abroad. It's, I did it all, but it took time. It wasn't so fast. What is different about this? Right. Yeah. So there's a few different questions within that questions that I'm going to pose. Number one is that are people at first place open to something that isn't being regulated or talked about by a medical MD doctor? Number one, right? So that's a whole philosophical conversation about what they will consider alternative medicine, even though these modalities have actually been around mm -hmm. for hundreds of years, right. and if not a thousand years, more so than what we now describe as mainstream medication, right, or medicine. Number two is that a lot of the practitioners who might be doing these modalities are already been debunked by, again, mainstream medical that chiropractic is bad, acupuncture is bad, they're a bunch of charlatans, they're fake, they're this or that. So, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to get adjusted and you're going to have, you're, they're going to break your rib and you're going to, right? All of the fake news about mm -hmm. integrative and natural health is already being biased against. Mm. So if you're already predisposed to being interested in this stuff, you're going to, you know, want it, but you're going to be more open to doing these things anyway. But the amount of practitioners, when everything's always a marketing issue, I think in every single thing. They're not enough that could do it. Right. People don't know because we don't have enough time in our day to go out there and market it as much. So I know I'm probably one of the people out there that are really like on my podcast and marketing and social media mm. where I'm talking about it nonstop, where my friends joke with them meeting someone at an event. They're like, oh, have you met Jason? Give him your arm. They'll figure out what your problems are. I love right? that. It's part of my branding. So I think the right everything does that this exists. There's an incredible documentary on YouTube that we put up for free called Stressed Documentary. You'll mm -hmm. see that it's by the One Foundation, which is our nonprofit arm. Everything was done in correlation with Jefferson Medical School in Philadelphia. That's where all the study was done. So there are resources and there's practitioners all over the world that are certified in this modality that you'll get really incredible results. But you're, why would you go to a chiropractor for emotional issues? Why would you go to an acupuncturist for emotional issues? Why would you go to- Because they're right, all connected. They're, we know that. You and I know that because we're in like-minded beliefs. <laughs> but therapy has always been a neck-up proposition. Mm -hmm. Anything else that goes on in your body, oh, no, that's astro for your stomach and you go to your orthopedic for a shoulder issue. So I'll give you an example of how crazy this is of the many. Forget the ones that have body dysmorphic disorder within three sessions I got rid of. Erectile dysfunction, this helps get rid of. I have a client that I saw who unfortunately lost her child out of the blue a year ago. And throughout all of our sessions, I noticed that she was wearing a sling on her arm and she had some type of minor surgery that never really fully healed. So I'm like, can we just take a crack at this just for fun? Humor me. This one's on the house. And can we see what's going on? I can't guarantee that it'll make any difference, but if it does, that'll be great. So for that time, she couldn't lift her arm above her, like, you know, at this angle, right? Whatever, if this is 90 degrees, let's say like 110 degrees. She couldn't lift it fully straight up or back or whatever, no full range of motion. So we use this protocol. We go through the NET protocol and we find out that there's some old somatic stressor that's connected to that issue, to that point of injury. And we physiologically clear it out by reliving that memory, hitting the pulse points that's re-stimulated. It's like, when you hit the computer, when your computer gets frozen, you hold in the button for 10 seconds and it resets the whole computer, just metaphorically, like, but we're finding what the memory is that's causing it. We reset, we go back, we test the muscle area again, 
I'm like, all right, move your arm. She had full range of motion for the first time in two and a half years. This was seven months ago. And every time I see her every six weeks or so, she's like, I still can't believe that this works. I told everybody and they're like, what are you talking about? That's just mind over matter. It was a placebo. And I'm like, all right, let them believe that. I always say, who cares? Exactly. If your arm is working, who cares? Let it be mind over matter. Let it be placebo. But is it working? Are you feeling better? And we have the clinical verification. We have the journal published in the Journal of Cancer Survivorship, not once, but twice on this modality around PTSD for cancer survivors on post remission of their cancer, still having post-traumatic stress symptoms. So that could be anybody. It doesn't have to be cancer. It could be anybody who's gone through a scenario, right? They're no longer in that danger zone, but are still having reoccurring stress patterns when going back to something having to do with that. It's all of us. So we know that this is valid. Mm -hmm. And when you're saying like, well, what's the difference between this and other practitioners? We look at everything from four different components. So imagine a baseball field. And when you go to one doctor, they're only looking at one area, one quadrant right? You go to your nutritionist, they're only talking about nutrition and stress, right? When you go to your doctor, they're only talking about what medication and what you've been exposed to and we'll get that out, right? But they're not looking at four different quadrants. So we put the issue on the pitcher's mound. This is called the home run formula. And you have to touch all bases in order to really truly help a patient. Put the issue on the pitcher's mound, first base is emotions, which would be talk therapy or we would do the any call. Second base would be toxins. What have they been exposed to environmentally? that is still in their body that needs to be helped pulled out of their body. And we'll use certain techniques for that or certain supplementation for that. Third base is, is there nutritional deficiencies that are causing or enhancing any of the problematic scenario, whether it's a body issue or a mind issue, right? So if it's stress patterns or alcohol, then we know that vitamin B is going to be deficient because drinking alcohol causes a vitamin B deficiency, which also connects to your stress handling and your adrenals and all of your emotions and your energy store system, Right. So we will now look and see, is there any deficiency that we need to supplement with? And then the last home plate is structural. And that's if there's any actual things that after the emotions are checked, the toxins are removed, nutritional, is there still something going on structurally? Then we would send them if I'm not a body doc, but then I would send them to an acupuncturist, a chiropractor, someone who can actually do physical therapists that can actually handle that. I had clients that have gone to chiropractors, physical therapy, whatever, come to me for one or two sessions, get rid of all those other things, then go back to the doctor physically and then have that issue disappear. And that's just Mm -hmm. on the body. The mind side is a whole nother list of stories. Does it have to be combined with talk therapy or do you have to know the trauma? Do you have to know what goes on with the person in order to help them? Well, the one way I was trained as a marriage and family therapist is in brief therapy, that I don't need to know everything about you in order to help you. I need to know what your beliefs are, those concerning you, right? In other words, the problem is not the problem. It's your belief problem is the problem. Looking to reduce your anxiety and stress, relax your muscles, or get a better night's sleep? Check out Maxifies.com, 100% legal hemp, where you can find doctor-formulated, lab-certified, high-quality CBD oils, tinctures, and other items, cultivated, grown, harvested, and packaged in the United States, and available in different sizes and strength formulas. Check out Maxifies.com, that's M-A-X-I-F-Y-Z.com, and use coupon code HOPE to get 10% off your order plus free shipping. That's Maxifies.com. So if you believe that you were tortured, it's irrelevant if it did happen or not. If your mind is telling you that story, that's what we need to do. That's your emotional reality. And I play in the land of emotional reality. And I explain that to my clients that 
we can't prove it 100% like Moses on the mountaintop type of thing, right? We don't know what is chronologically, historiologically correct versus emotional reality. And for me, it doesn't make a difference. Mm -hmm. Whatever you're experiencing is in relationship to something that your mind body has created as a narrative or a script in order for which you to base your beliefs on. So for example, I gave a class the other night and um, it was kind of like a relationship dynamics for young professionals. And I was coaching one of the persons on a problem as part of the group thing was whatever, you know? And so the person goes, so you're saying that it's going to be difficult for me. He made a statement already in his mind. Done. Right. And I said, guys, everybody in the class, did I, those words ever come out of my mouth about it being difficult or it's going to be difficult for him or anything that it's going to be harder? And they said, right? No. I'm like, so why are you putting that on me? I never said that, right? So we create this narrative, this story, this script. And then when we have that, our physiology, our responses, our neurology, our intellectual, subconscious and conscious side follow that. And my job is to help deprogram that, strip that away. Self-sabotaging, self-limiting beliefs and experiences is part of what only gets us the same result. And using NET as one of the tools in my toolbox helps me get to that place faster and more efficiently than just bang it out old school. Let's talk about your entire life, which I don't even do as a therapist anyway. It's where do you want to be? Let's reverse engineer. Let's do some, you know, game planning around your beliefs and your assumptions and your expectations and, you know, all those other things that are keeping you stuck that aren't allowing you to get to where you want to get to. Hmm. So for example, if you're working with a couple and there's a lot of pain and suffering there, you go to the root. Mm -hmm of why they're showing up like that in the relationship and what is causing them to feel certain ways and triggers in order to help them cope better with the relationship. Yeah. So I'll give you a great story. A number of months ago, I saw this really adorable young couple. They're in their early 20s. One was enlisted in the service in one of the armed forces and there was an infidelity. And I said, before I can help you unpackage everything, I need to know your core values. I'm like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, how do I know that the goals that you want are truly authentically aligned with who you really are. So let's first- Say that again, because it was very deep. How can I help you mm -hmm. get truly authentically where you are, where you want to be? Mm -hmm. If you yourself don't know what aligns with your core value, who you authentically are. Mm -hmm. So basically, if you don't put your destination into the GPS, you'll never get there. Exactly. Because you know, right, when you head in a direction and you have, even though you might be one degree off at the beginning of your thing, you can end up instead of from Miami to New York, you can end up in Chicago. But at the beginning of your thing, wheels only tip like 1% right. to the left, right. Right? right? So I need to know to reverse engineer, right? If you tell me your core values, I can tell you what your life is going to be like. Because if you say, these are my core values, and then you make every decision binary based on that, either ones and zeros, either this aligns with my core value or it doesn't, I can tell you where you went wrong. But most people don't start there. So I say, if you tell me your core values, if we help define your core values and we use that as the lens in which we see the world and all of our future conversations through, 99% of the time, the problems you had will just be because you weren't living in alignment with your core values. Or take it a step back, you weren't even aware that you have core values. Which is why, <laughs> right, which is why I asked them that I can't help you get to where you want to go authentically, <laughs> deeply and truly, right. unless you are crystal clear, because otherwise we're wandering aimlessly. You mm. think you want that, but that's based on bias. That's based on history. That's based on culture. That's based on trauma. That's based on self-preservation. That's reactive, not proactive. So my job, part of one of the many things that you know I love doing is helping my clients move from reactive to proactive, to, be, to go from unconscious to conscious. Explain that a little bit. So unconscious is that, right? We are responding in reactive 
to something and we're making goals or making decisions based on a reactive paradigm where we don't want to get hurt, self-preservation. That's really our lizard brain, the fight or flight self-preservation. That's subconscious. That's reacting. So 99% of it, well, a a large number of us are walking around making decisions that we call goals based only on reactive safety-based program. And not proactive, uplifting, multiple possibility, feeling good, only based on self-preservation and, oh my God, what do I need to do to protect myself to not be scared or hurt? So basically you're saying we shouldn't react, we should respond based on intellectual and healthy awareness. And our reaction is impulsive and something that we're pre-programmed. Right, and continuously programmed because like draws like neurologically. Once your reality becomes a neurological network, then you're not going to get anything different than what your neurology is programmed to do. And that's the whole beautiful thing about, you know, Dr. Joe Dispenza's work and epigenetics of Bruce Lipton, right? Who's an expert in that field of taking the things of like, you can change your experiential reality, not only by changing how you feel about something, but you have to change your belief about something first, change how you feel. And that will send a cascade of biochemical responses, both neurologically And physiologically, right, how your body responds to stress, and that will change your experience. So for example, years ago, I went out to Portland, Oregon to a friend who did a retreat for young single professionals. And she worked at Nike, so we had a lot of swag that Mm -hmm. was sponsored by Nike. We had a tour that was given by Nike. We went to the Nike, right? Nike, 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 Nike. By the end of the week, I was in the airport heading back home, and my eyes were darting to all the people who were walking around me, only to what symbol? Mm, Nike. Right? Because the last week was just in my head mm. marketing, right? Simon Sinek has this explanation in one of his YouTube videos about how the three parts of your brain, the triune brain, which is what I'm explaining, is heavily used for yes. marketing as well. Neocortex, right. right? Rational brain, your mammalian brain, which is your emotions and your memories, and reptilian brain, which is fight or flight mm-hmm. survival. So that is kind of like the identification of what our reality has become. I may have seen it in a sneaker from another, but my eyes went all the way back to, okay, but there's a Nike. Right. So I became programmed. Mm. I became marketed. Right. Even though that wasn't the intentionality. Very fast. And that's very fast in our psyche. Why it's not the healthiest thing in the world to be watching the news all the time. Why it's not the healthiest thing in the world to have notifications on your phone because that becomes Pavlovian Mm. responses. If you're not an office fan, you can Google the office where he does to Dwight, where the gym Pavlovian responds, Dwight. By resetting his computer and the Windows noise comes up. And when he heard the Windows noise resetting, you go, Dwight, want a mint? Oh my God. And he did that over and over again for the span of a week. And then one time at the end of the thing, he reset the computer and all of a sudden Dwight's hand goes out like that. Right? And Jim, wow. Like, what are you yeah, doing? He goes, so fast. Uh, I don't know, but why does my mouth taste so gross right now? Right? Even though it's a shtick, right? Even though wow. it's a play on Pavel, and it's a right. great little clip that you can YouTube, <laughs> that shows how right. quickly, unconsciously we're being bombarded with thousands and thousands of messages a moment that unconsciously is turning our reality into something, whether it's preferred or not preferred, but still becoming our programming. And NET helps unpackage that to proactive to proactive. So we're doing uh, neuroplasticity on our brain, but very fast because neuroplasticity takes a long time to change a trauma usually. According to? Neuroscientists, (laughs) no? According to the neuroscientists that have the tools that they're using to, right? Everything in research is according to Mm -hmm. that which they studied, right? In that specific Mm -hmm. study group. 
based on the modality or tool that they're using. So we know clinically validated, clinically researched, Dr. Andrew Newberg was at Penn Medical, who's now at Jefferson. He's a neurologist. He's one of the top neurological Mm -hmm. imaging specialists in the world. He also is one of the leaders in the world of Mm -hmm. neurotheology, who, what happens to your brain and body during religious and spiritual experiences? Mm -hmm. He's the person who did the study of the brain, right? Our brain scans through the functional MRI during this treatment. Now, here's the cool thing, just to really have a complete, you know, so we can look at it without Mm -hmm. any bias. He wasn't exposed to an NET treatment until way after everything was published, right? Until it was after even it was after published. So there was no bias of verification as he never was a, right, a client of any treatment until after. So what showed is that within three to five sessions, there's the brain imaging of everybody when they thought about the trauma of the moment that they were diagnosed with cancer that lit up certain parts in their brain. So they took all the the conglomerate brains, right? And they kind of layered them. So you can see in all the brains, it lit up Mm -hmm. in pretty much the same area of all the people that were in the study. After three to five sessions, they took all those brain images again of the next fMRI after the sessions. And every single one in that study, all that, the area that lit up before were gone. Hmm. Wow. So the trauma response. For how long? What if they looked in a month? Gone. Because you're extinguishing that experience. So that your body can resume and return to a normal, healthy way of healing itself, which is what we're innately able to do if we did not have toxins being exposed to us. The three things that really do cause these issues are in the world of chiropractic. This is the original philosophy of chiropractic, and I'm not a chiropractor, but this is what they call the triune of health. Toxins. Have you eaten something or been exposed to something that's causing some type of shift internally and right, emotionally or physically? Did you have a trauma? meaning car accidents, sports injury, fall, right? All that stuff like that, that caused that. Or auto-suggestion, which is what they used to call it in the late 1800s, which is emotions. That's the triune. So what we're doing is we're resetting the nervous system to, if those three things weren't happening, our body has the innate wisdom to heal itself. So we're removing that so that your body can go more into homeostasis, which is the natural cycle of doing what it needs to do without burden. So if someone comes to treatment for you with you and you're getting down to the problem of the trauma, you're removing the trauma, you're giving them the proper response, not reaction, fine. Fast forward a year later, mm-hmm. they're no longer seeing you. Life happens and they have a trauma. Does their body adjust naturally because they're already like, they already have some kind of plug into this whole yeah. mechanism. Well, I think about it as like emotional Jenga. That's the way I describe it, right? You can have all these different practitioners. So to perfectly example, uh, talking about, I was at a conference a year and change ago in San Diego. And this person who was a coach was like, oh, I had this trauma in my life. And I went to like one of the top trauma coaches and blah, 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 blah. And I feel like I'm hundred percent better. Great. That's really amazing, you know, because anything that works is great. Do you mind if I check something? Just want to throw it. Just want to see. I want to throw it against the wall and see if it sticks like, uh, you know, some good pasta. And I asked them to think about the trunk. They use the neurological muscle test. The neurological muscle test is a fight or flight limbic response. It's a neurological muscle test. It's been journal published, clinically validated. Dr. Dan Monti, it's been published in the, I think the Journal of Motor and the something or other. I will give the link to your listeners so they can have the article for neurological muscle testing, think about that memory, was what I said to the person. And I muscle test them and the muscle test went weak. 
went and I hit the, you know, hit, I uh, accessed, I touched the emotional points connected to figuring out is it emotional, is it a toxin, is it nutrition? And there were still layers of emotion. So what we're talking about is when you do talk therapy, when you do coaching, you're only neocortex to neocortex, rational brain to rational brain. You're not getting into the fight or flight. You can only potentially describe rationally what you think is going on, but you're still describing a mind-to-body physiological experience from a rational perspective as much as it makes sense to you to describe in your own understanding of what that is. And you can also give tools to deal with it on its own. So you feel panic attack, okay, breathe through it, talk yourself, put yourself in a good environment, but it's not- But it's still a Band-Aid. It's not self-correcting. Right. It's coping mechanism. Exactly. We're not healing. And what the NET, what I stand by and what I understand from my years of being a practitioner, but also a certified practitioner at their highest level, their level three, and one of a handful of mental health practitioners who hold their highest in the world, is that we are actually changing your intellectual, right? Your brain, let's just call it that way. Your brain and your biochemistry response as if that you can think about it and not have a negative fight or flight response in a way where you're just basically going neutral. In other words, you're shrugging your shoulder at it and be like, okay, well, I got to go back to that now. So you're going from reactive to neutral to eventually proactive to give yourself multiple ways of handling it as opposed to only going into fight or flight, which is only survival instinct to get through that scenario. And I don't know other modalities, even when people are doing EFT, right? We were talking about like other energy medicines or whatever, you know, but it's still non-conscious. NET, we're going through, we can find a memory, we can find a story, we can find an emotion, we find a whole snapshot in that a person's emotional reality. Like they're replaying that video from that time frame, which elicits a response that cascades through your biochemistry we are, Dr. Candace Pert proved in her scientific research that there's a great book called Molecules of Emotion, proved that our emotions are carried in the neuropeptides throughout our entire body. So when you have a pain in your back, it's not just somatic. In other words, it's not just soma in your body. It could be psychosoma, psych, right? It could be an emotional response that is being showing up somewhere in your body And therefore, you just get a massage, you get a chiropractic treatment, you get acupuncture, you go to PT, you go to ortho. It's not going to necessarily just go away because as long as you keep getting triggered by that thing, it's going to keep showing up somewhere in your body. NET combines both of those together, the psycho and the soma to get rid of. That's beautiful. Wow. It sounds so like, I'm like thirsty for it. Like I'm already making, as I'm listening to you, I'm making a list in my brain what I want to treat with this. Like literally I'm going through like, Okay, this is what I was not able to do with. I'm a big, Mm -hmm. big EFT person. Like I go every Monday. It's even like I do it on the phone. That's the Mm -hmm. beauty of EFT. You could do it anywhere. You could do it remote and other Mm -hmm. like also no feedback. You could do remotely. What you were saying is that you cannot work with this remotely because it's a very physical muscle testing so why is, because it's really energy, what you're doing is energy work. What we're doing is playing with the physiology of the nervous system. A muscle test is a neurological reflex test. Like when you go to the doctor and they hit you with the hammer on your knee and you have a reflex, right, right. the muscle test is a neurological, and this is explained much more in the article, but then the neurological testing, which is different than what other people out there are doing, muscle testing with what they call self-testing, which is not, again, clinically valid or mm-hmm. journal published. The one thing about NET is that they're incredibly careful with what their science is. And they stand 100% by it that we're not going to do anything that cannot be validated. 
which is different. I'm not saying that other modalities don't work. It's just different. You just hit upon. It's just not scientifically, clinically validated. Some people don't care about that, right? I'm just saying from the sake of NET's perspective, their ethics are, we've been doing this for Mm -hmm. 35 years and now finally we have the science, the ability for our science to now support what we're doing because they paid, you know, they fundraised hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars to be in partnership with Jefferson Medical School to run these studies. Right. But we're the only modality out there, probably in G science world, that has been published in one of the major medical journals, which is the Journal of Cancer Survivorship, which is one of the top medical journals journals in that field. So, and the journal that published about neurological muscle testing from Dr. Dan Monti, who's also the chair of integrative medicine at Jefferson Medical School, who's been involved with NET for years. So there is other modalities that are incredibly helpful. What I'm saying is a distinguishing factor between NET and all these other things. It is probably has the most significant journal published clinically researched, clinically validated modality that exists that has hard scientists that no one can refute, even if they think it's hokey, woo-woo, ha-ha, hippy-dippy stuff, mm-hmm. which it is. But even, even right, though- It's different, right, right. Though, it's new, it's different, it's right? scientifically refuted in any way, shape, or form. And even more so, it will stand up in court because this is journal mm-hmm. published and clinically. So I'm going to say, oh, they did this thing and you know, they remote muscle tested me. What does that mean? Like, how's that going to be like, I have an actual diagnostic of something. This is actually able to, because we're doing this in person. And again, we're talking about emotional reality. It doesn't mean it's truth. It means it's the person's truth, the client's truth, their emotional reality. So again, if someone says they were abused, we don't know if that was actually a hundred percent true. It's that their emotional reality and their nervous system is responding to that emotional reality. And we want to just help them no longer respond to that so they can be free. So my question is, so let's say you are working with a client on a specific trauma. You did the muscle testing. Coronavirus comes. You're not through everything yeah. yet, but you know through the muscle testing what the trauma is. Can you work remotely or it has to be constantly with the muscle? Like to check, yeah. where's this person standing? So there's the beautiful thing about NET is that they created something that you can kind of do at home. So number one, yes. In order to really drill down, to get very specific, get to the original snapshot, to the original motion, to the original time frame, where we can mm-hmm. say at nine years old, this is what your physiology is indicating connected to this story, that you are still having a nervous system response to that specific mm-hmm. memory at that time connected to that emotion. Mm-hmm. Unless we're in person and an NET practitioner cannot work remotely. In other words, we have to write, if you're, if you're an NET practitioner, there's no remote testing. There is something that we have called the first aid stress tool or the FAST. Mm-hmm. And we'll give the listeners my link for that on my website. It's on the homepage of my website, which you can do by yourself the way that you can do EFT and tapping by yourself. You can do this same thing where you have a snapshot in your mind that you know that gives you distress. We teach you how to hook up to your pulse points on your wrist that are right. Like when you go to the you know, acupuncturist or you go to the doctor, they're feeling your pulse, but there's three pulse points on your wrist. Mm-hmm. We, te- we show you how to do that on, on each wrist and we connect with the emotion points, which are your hypothalamus points while, you know, like we go, oh my gosh, right? And we kind of like that head slip. So that's the emotion points while connecting to the meridian points and relive that snapshot while breathing. So when you don't know exactly which emotion, we don't know exactly which meridian, but we're going to do both sides because each pulse point on each wrist connects to different meridians. So we start off one side, Mm -hmm. do 30 seconds or a minute, reliving that experience, breathe through that snapshot. Don't try to fix it or change it. Just sit with it, breathe, breathe, breathe. And then when you feel comfortable, switch hands and do the same thing on the other side. That's the first aid stress tool. I'm having every single one of my clients do that right now while I'm not seeing them in person. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm even having them, many of them start our session with doing that. And I'm seeing radical shifts to do that. And one of my clients is an elementary school kid with a phobia of darkness and, you know, someone outside in their yard and they're not sleeping well. And they've had a, probably a 70, 80% reduction just from that alone. Because you can't rationally talk to someone and say, but here's why you shouldn't be afraid. You can't talk your way out of a paper bag. We're now dealing with fight or flight responses that are overpowering your intellectual brain. And that's the limits mm-hmm. of therapy and coaching, which I know as a therapist, that I can't talk it out of you. Right. You can BS yourself out of anything, right. right? So, but once, especially once you go into a fight or flight cascade, so bringing it back to couples, this is what's so cool about couples therapy. You're familiar with Dr. John Gottman and right, the four horsemen mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah. So he has in his lab where he'll put people on heart rate and perspiration monitors. And he knows that when they go into a certain heart rate number, they're no longer intellectual and they're no longer solving a problem rationally. They're in fight or flight. I would then take those moments that they're going into fight or flight about and throw an ET at that so that they can now go further into whatever the conflict is, solve that conflict because they're not going to go into physiological fight or flight because we resolve the underlying issue that is causing them to go there in the first place. So I would add that with that. I feel like it's such a shame that you can't do this from abroad. Can you imagine how many people during Corona your clientele would like, I can't even describe, just helping them through isolation, through loss, through grief of wellness, of jobs, of society, anything. Relationships. Relationships are finding yeah. new problems that they've never hit before. Right. But they all go back to the same running theme. So Right. Again, remember how I said it's not the problem that's the problem, but it's the belief about the problem. Mm -hmm. When you said a few minutes ago, I would have a whole list. My first challenge to you would be like, okay, great. So after you come up with that list, what's the common denominator between what are the three or four themes of the 15 or 20 things that are on your list? Mm. And I would just Jenga piece the theme, not each issue. Mm. I know what my theme is. Right. So instead of being like, okay, I want to work on this thing. 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 What is it that you really want to get okay about, about all of those things? I love that. That's the fast track. That's what's missing when it comes to the talk or the coaching or that, okay, so now that you intellectually, you know, that this is the theme that I really want to be okay in these six different things that I listed about being proactive and not doubting myself. Well, then I would work with you on only being okay without doubting yourself. Mm-hmm. And that Jenga piece is out all of the, right, yanking out the piece that's supporting all the other challenges and why sit and go for weeks, months, and years on therapy. Every story and every Every situation. It's all relevant because it's only an emotional reality story that you have created through all of your collective experiences in your life. Fascinating. Fascinating, crazy stuff. Fascinating. So what are you doing now? How are you treating your patients? What are you going to do? So right now I am doing very similar where I'm not without doing the muscle test. I would say you're saying, Jason, I'm really struggling with this thing that's going on the way you would do with an EFT session or any other thing. Okay, let's identify what it is. Okay. And I would ask some questions. I would say, okay, so for you, what is the worst part about having that challenge, issue, concern, problem right now? Mm-hmm. Right? Remember, it's not the problem. It's the belief about the problem. So I want to differentiate that. Right. So saying, well, I'm not sleeping at night and I'm really worried that I'm, someone in my family is going to get sick. Okay. So that's the rational belief right now. That's normal. Right. The fact that if people aren't thinking that, I might be worried about you. Right. 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 So my next question to you would be, okay, so what's the worst part about that for you? Why does that specifically 
become a bothersome or challenging thought for you? Like, well, because it allows me to not do this or it's holding me back from doing this. Oh, okay. So is that similar to other things in your life where you felt that way? Mm -hmm. So now we're now finding patterns, right? Yeah. This is just manifesting it in a much greater way because it's all in our face right now. Right. Okay, so good. So now what's the worst part about that? Oh, well, if the worst part about that is that I won't be able to show the people I love how much I love them and take care of them. Uh, okay, so now we have a theme of my belief or obligation or responsibility around doing what I need to do for the people that I love. So see how we now started off from, I'm just making up a story, right? But how we start off with like, I'm afraid to go to sleep at night because God forbid I'm worried about someone getting sick which really is all about how am I going to take care of them? Because my obligation and my belief about myself is I'm the caretaker. And if I can't because they're sick and I can't be around them or I can't be near them or I can't be in the hospital room with them, my value has just gone to zero. I had this yesterday with my EFT practitioner exactly because um, since March, I think before Corona started, a week and a half before Corona started in New York, I mean, in America, it was already in Italy. It started in Israel. So I'm getting all of my family. Okay, schools are shutting down. So we're getting this thing that something might happen, but it still was so far away from reality. And I go to Celine Dion concert. I'm a huge fan of Celine Dion. And the whole thing was about courage, 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 courage. And she speaks about the pain and the loss of her husband. And here I am looking at this famous, has everything, amazing woman, but she is raw and feels empty. So right away, I feel this extreme pain of literally like almost a panic attack of pain. And I come home and I'm telling Ari, I'm never going to survive if you die. Like I'm never going to survive. And I'm playing her song of courage for like two weeks, playing, playing, playing. The next day Ari gets sick and Ari's never sick and he doesn't get out of bed. And he's never missed synagogue, never. I'm like, Ari, get out of bed. Get out of bed. I said, is it Corona? What's going on? I can't. I'm not functioning. It was a Friday. I'm not functioning. You need to show me you're strong. Now, like, just let's go flashback. I was sick in bed for two years and he pampering me, but I wasn't physically sick. I was mentally sick. And he gave me all the time in the world. He was sick for three hours. I'm like, get out of bed. Anyway, I went deep diving into grief. The last three months. I'm obsessing about grief. I've never had a real loss in my life besides losing some my good friend in Hong Kong that was like a mentor to me. She was the closest person that I mourned grief with, like loss. I'm obsessing, reading every book, joined David Kessler's group. Every day I'm online with him and I need to learn about grief. Now, Corona starts, everybody's starting to die. And I'm like, oh my God, I cannot handle this. Every day we get an email or two or three about, oh, this one died, that's one, this one died. And I'm just, I'm losing it because of my fear. Yesterday in my EFT session, I bring up this huge fear of grief and I'll never be able to survive. And I say those words, I feel like I'll never be able to survive. And he took me down that path and he said to me, he said, and I got to the point and, and we broke it down exactly to what you say. And I said, I know the fear of sadness because of my depression. Now, grief, everybody says is worse than depression. If I cannot go through a depression again, how the hell am I going to ever survive grief? I'm never going to. It's over. My life is over. Done. And I played that whole thing. And my obsession for three months on grief 
was because of the story I was telling myself that it's worse than depression. Right. When someone says, I feel, what you're really just saying is, I believe. So whenever anybody ever, ever, ever uses the words, well, I feel that, it's a belief statement. It's a programmed story. Mm -hmm. Doesn't make it true. It only makes it true according to the experiences that you have interpreted that led you to believe that way based on whatever other predisposed things that you've had that align up with that. So therefore, when that happens over and over and over again, that becomes your network of experiences and your network of beliefs, right? We're never going to have anything in our life show up differently than that which we believe. What I mean by that is that that viewpoint, that lens in which we're seeing the world already indicates by our experiences, the positive and the challenging experiences, it's just a manifestation of what we consciously and unconsciously believe. The law of attraction. Law of attraction. The real true law of attraction is all neurology and all this stuff. Right. So if you change your neurology, you change your neural network, you change your responses, then aren't you going to change that which you're attracted to? The magnetic field of what you're attracted, right? Right. What we call a magnetic field really is just a neural. Like I described to you looking at Nike, Nike, Nike versus any other shoe where my eyes were tracking it automatically. That's attraction but it's neurological. It's neurological empowering physiology or biochemical responses that turns into emotions and responses. But when I hear someone like you just say, I feel that, I'm just going to go right into, so tell me your beliefs around that. Tell me your beliefs around grief. Tell me your beliefs around fear. Tell me your beliefs around death. Tell me your beliefs around not being able to do something for somebody that you care about and help them feel better. Although this is not NET, but like I'm still, I can still ask the questions without muscle testing because I'm still going to elicit a response. You know, but the one component that makes it different is that we have that, that where we find the actual pulse point. And while you're reliving that in that moment, you hit the right pulse point. So the difference between fast and doing it in session is that in fast, we already have a very specific time frame and emotion and a story around that where we reset the nervous system around that feeling and experience versus the fast where we're going a little bit more macro. But it still can be done in a very effective way. We just don't have the specific emotion that we're muscle testing for in this specific time frame and this specific experience that happened at 12 years old. One of my favorite, and really to tie this in, and you know, I know we have to wrap up, my dad came back from a cruise with his wife, I don't know, this was at this point, two and a half years ago. And I went over for Shabbat dinner and um, he had this big, crazy jar of peanuts sitting in the middle of his cocktail table. And I know that like they're not Costco people, so... Mm-hmm. Like, what's up with that big, mm. big ass can of peanuts? Jason, it's a crazy story. I was on the cruise and all of a sudden I started craving peanuts. And my response was, ooh, 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 craving. Awesome. Hold up your arm. Because NET does a lot with what we call cravings or a neurological and physiological response to self-soothe, mm. otherwise known as addictions. We do a ton of work around that. Yeah it's all trauma-based, right? Right. I have him smell the peanuts and the muscle test goes weak. I have him put the peanut in his mouth, the muscle test goes weak. Okay. Walk him through the protocol. We find out that so the emotion that shows up was anger. Mm-hmm. We then find out whose anger, yours. It's either your emotion or your sensitivity or carry the emotion of somebody else. It was sensitivity to his wife's anger, my stepmother's anger. Okay, well, what was going on? He's like, Jason, I don't know. Like we were walking on the cruise and all of a sudden she just yelled at me. I don't know what I did wrong. Oh, okay, fine. So let's go with now. What's so cool about NET is where we can find the original event where this story got in. You mean when the childhood or something like that, the first time someone... There's an earlier experience that is connected to that, that really where it started becoming a a chink in the armor, right? Right, right. 
where your physiology and your neurology started getting like, you know, watered down in order to be able to handle this. Right. So the question, the way we say it in NET speak is, uh, let's check the concept, right? This theme, let's check the concept of the original event where there was a sensitivity to someone's anger that you had no clue was going to be thrown at you, right? Because that was the macro experience, right? It wasn't too, a, right? too a loved one, right? It was, right? You were sensitive to someone's anger that you had no clue was about to be thrown at you. And then, okay, muscle test, that shows up as a response. Let's find the original event. Conception of five, five to 10, 10 to 11, we're muscle testing and it will go weak when we find the age. So we found out it was 11 years old. Okay, so 11 years old, I knew my dad was in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Okay, so what was going on? You're 11 years old. Where was it that someone got really angry at you or really upset at you that was close to you that you had no clue you were expecting? His mouth drops. Oh my God. And he goes, holy crap. I was walking on the street with three of my friends. We were joking around and then out of the blue, one of them turned around and just popped me right in the face. Oh my God. Go into that memory. Go in, right? So when you think about an old memory, your physiology goes right back out there. You the, feel the, the blood the, pressure, the, all the of that. fear, right. the... Right. Mm-hmm. The mammalian part of your brain, not the reptilian, right. neocortex, reptilian, a mammalian right. reptilian, right? So that's your mammalian part of your brain, timeless, mm. timelessness. So that physiology is going to respond. Like when you eat a lemon in your mind, that's not in front of you, your skin just salivate, right? right? That's, it's so that, true. That's that, that's wow. that. So we go back in there, right? Okay, hold the pulse point connected to that. I want you to breathe through that, relive that moment until it kind of settles away. Okay, great. Come back, we muscle test, we go back in the present day, think about your wife yelling at you, muscle test, mm-hmm. nothing changes, right? So there's no longer fight or flight. Okay, great. Smell the peanut. Let's open the jar again. Just put it under your nose. Oh my God, it smells rancid. He doesn't want it. Oh, interesting. Put it in your mouth. It's grainy. And, in one treatment. This was in six minutes. Not normal. I've had this with marijuana. I've had this with alcohol. I've had this. And there's multiple things that are going on. And sometimes it's going to take a handful of treatments because again, we have the nutrition, we have the toxins and stuff like that. And also how deep rooted is it? And how many times did we tell ourselves the story and we lived it? Multiple things. But let's just say that when we're trying to aim for the home run, you got to hit the home run formula, which is hitting, making sure all bases on that one specifically, right? It was knocked out of the park because it was just that. I love that. I love and months that. later, I'm like, so what's going on with those peanuts? He's like, yeah, I, I haven't touched them. I just have no desire for peanuts anymore. So because wow. it was trigger, it was it was somehow created as a self-soothing mechanism for his body to temper down the physiological response to an emotional experience. And but it, why for some peanut? reason, as our people say, face dished. I don't know. <laughs> so, I don't know. It can okay. be anything, it can become anything. Okay. In our emotional reality. So as we wrap with right that experience. When we're trying to be proactive, the more layers that we pull away from ourselves through all the amazing modalities, whether it's talk therapy, whether it's personal training, mm-hmm. whether it's getting on the right nutrition, whether mm-hmm. it's all those things, those are all part of the formula, but you need someone who's going to be able to assess all of them with you as you're working with these practitioners to make mm-hmm. sure that you're hitting all the bases so you can have that home run. And that's what NET brings to the table very differently than, than the other modalities. And not only that, to be able to process it, because if you don't do a good job with the NET, like any energy job, you can harm yourself because you have this trauma that's elevated and you don't really know how to process it or deal with it. Well, NET is not talking out there. That's No, but I'm saying, but you're elevating a trauma. It's there. But our guess is, is that you're not going to do any worse than what you've, that's already been. And we're not enhancing it. You may bring it up in that moment, but you're not going to get to a worse response than, you, than what you've already had in the past. 
So if someone suppressed something for so many years and they forgot about it completely, if you're bringing it up and they can't deal with it? Well, we, again, we go back into the world of emotional reality that we cannot confirm or deny that that actually happened, mm-hmm. right? We're not dealing with finding repressed memories or false memories. We're not a lie detector test. Very different. We're just going to say, okay, so that somehow makes sense in your emotional reality that that story has been created. We're not here to debate whether it's real or not. We're just saying that that's what's been created. Let's just play at that level. And if that were so that it was true, we're going to try to clean up the response around that if so, if it was true. And if it isn't true, you still have some response to something that happened that your mind is creating a story around that may not be linearly connected to it. We're not so concerned. I mean, we are concerned about that, but that's not what the approach that we're taking. We're not here to be truth with a capital T that we're going to determine what your actual truth is. We're only dealing with emotional reality, the mind-body story that you have created in order to become as able to live in your life as you possibly can in that given moment with the circumstances that you have. So you're saying that anybody can be an NET practitioner, anyone? No, anybody can be a practitioner or a client. A practitioner. You have to. My know. question was before, you can practice NET, but if you're not a good practitioner, you can really do more damage because you're not really taking care well, of- the, Well, uh, to become a certified practitioner, we go through extensive training. Right. And the certification week alone is probably insanely stressful. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't make it stressful, but it is because- We want to be the best and we want to be, we know the power of what we have at our hands Mm -hmm. with this amazing tool. And it's an incredible community of practitioners. Mm -hmm. It's a massive family, but we are so specific with how the protocol is done that every single safeguard is taken that we can stop at any moment. The client can stop at any moment if they're feeling like they want to stop. It's not like nothing's forced upon them, right? It's a co-agreement between two people. If people aren't doing the protocol right, which is most likely someone who's not certified or they took a certification and they just don't care and they're not involved in the community anymore, that's a different ballgame. But typically, NET is very particular and very clear and very moderate. You know, they moderate who is doing what's doing correctly. And if they find out that you're not doing it correctly, they strip you of your certification. And they're an incredible. How many are any NET practitioners are in the world? So there's probably a couple thousand that are certified. Mm, that's it. Again, that's very little. Off. Right. Because remember, it started out of chiropractic and it wasn't mm-hmm. only in, I think, maybe last 15 or so years, maybe 20 years. Mm-hmm. where they started allowing non, first psychology, right? In the world of mental health, right? Psychology right. in my world, right? Mental health mm-hmm. practitioners. And then they started adding other master's level who have the ability to assess, diagnose, and treat. That has mm-hmm. to be part of your licensure. So again, physical therapy, acupuncture, those are some of the people that can. So it can't be like all these other like, full, yeah, I don't, I, I, I'm saying this tongue in cheek, fly by night, energy medicine where they take an hour certification online and right all of a sudden, oh of course right right i'm not talking about any of that crap right like that right this in the coaching right. world and all that, right you know whatever that you move your chair to the left and you're a coach congratulations you know so this is you have to be a licensed medical practitioner in your state you can't be someone who went to a master's degree or used to practice and no longer has you have to have an active license that you're able to assess diagnose and treat right the specific area within your license. So there are thousands of... Thousands of them. Yeah. And you can find them on the website, net, N-E-T, netmindbody.com. If you go on the top of the website, you'll see practitioner finder mm. or practitioner lookup and you can type in your zip code and you'll see people and there's different levels. Anybody, right, it's all level one, level two, level three. Level one is, I would never call it basic level. It's that you are certified. 
it's incredible. Like the people who are doing that are just incredible. So I wouldn't necessarily worry if you only have like a level one versus a level three or a level, Mm -hmm. don't worry about that. Like everybody who's certified has to have the same minimum competencies. So just find a certified practitioner. There are people out there who say, oh, I do NET, but they're not certified. So you have to make it early because you can go to a weekend workshop, the basic workshop, and then start doing the modality like anything else, right? You can go to a coaching workshop for a weekend mm-hmm. and like, oh, well, now I'm a coach. Yeah, but you're not certified. Yeah, but I'm coaching, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to create credentialed, tested, that they will stand by you as an organization, you have to continue to do certain continuing education, right. certain workshops and certain, you know, you have to keep your license up and all these right. things in order mm-hmm. to be a certified practitioner. Okay. That's very important for people to know that make sure that it's a certified NAT practitioner. Yeah. And the first aid stress tool is also on the website. You'll see that there's a video on there. We can also link up to a video from my website that will show me how doing it. So yeah. you can so you can actually see that. Awesome. Yeah. And then the documentary that everybody should watch, it's free. It's on YouTube, a stressed documentary. And you'll see that it was posted by the One Foundation. Okay. Which stands for our net effect. That when we're all working together and doing all these things, we as a collective community can have this incredible, powerful healing response to the people that we're working with. Thank you for that. We'll put it in the show notes. Jason, where can people reach you, find you, listen? You have a podcast. Is it all about NET? We touch on it. So my podcast basically talks about the four things that I love doing every day in my practice, which I believe are the four pillars that everybody has to master to have a successful and empowered life. So the podcast is called You Winning Life. And we have topics of psychology, right? Mental wellness, psychology, spirituality. And what I mean by spirituality is as it means to that person, right? It's mindfulness and integrative, you know, whatever it may be. We might have some religious scholars or maybe, but it's Mm -hmm. non-denominational. So it's not preachy. So that's the spirituality side. Then we have the integrative wellness side, the Mm mind-body integrative wellness and entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. So those are the four main topics. So I've had everybody from Howard Behar, former international president of Starbucks, that episode will be released, to Dr. Newberg, who I mentioned before, the study to my business coach, uh, Rick Sapio, who's the founder of Business Finishing School, and you know, mind-body workers and people who are experts at athletes. And I just had Dana Cavalia, who is the former athletic trainer for the 2009 New York Yankees. I had him cool. yesterday as a guest. So make sure we're, we're going to have a conversation in the near future, me and you, on that. So you'll be a guest as well. So that's yes. Great. So that's the one, the You Winning Life. And then Instagram is the best way to get me. It's Jason Wasser, W-A-S-S-E-R-L-M-F-T, which stands for Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist. But if you just Google my name, like Jason Wasser, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist, you'll find my website or Facebook or all that stuff. But Instagram so what's your and the website? podcast. The website is The Family Room, S-F-L, which is South Florida abbreviated, dot com. So the www.thefamilyroomsfl, Sam Frank Larry, dot com. Like that. Wow, this was so interesting. Wow. Thank you for educating my me. Pleasure. From the first time we spoke, I knew that this is something that I really want to deep dive into because I believe in these things. And in a way, like I wish I knew about this. I told you this last time. I wish I knew about this when I was struggling, but I do believe everything comes into our life when we are ready to deal Mm -hmm. with it. This episode of the Hope to Recharge podcast is sponsored by Maxifies.com. 
Maxify's offers doctor-formulated, lab-certified, high-quality CBD oils and tinctures in three different formulas that provide relief from anxiety and stress, muscle relaxation, and a sleep aid to help get a better night's sleep in 1,500 milligram size bottles, 500 milligrams, and travel size bottle of 266 milligrams. Check out Maxify's.com, that's M-A-X-I-F-Y-Z.com, and use coupon code HOPE to get 10% off your order plus free shipping. That's maxifies.com. You came into my life now because I'm ready to hear it. I'm ready to evolve with it. So I appreciate it. And everybody that's listening to this is ready to hear it. If any of you are hearing this and think that somebody can get any improvement in their traditional therapy that they're doing now, just send them this because it's really interesting. It's different. And I could vouch for healing in general, that I'm a proof that there's much more than talk therapy. There just is, and it works much faster. It doesn't mean you have to give up your talk therapy. It actually goes well with it. I'm a big, big, big advocate of doing everything together, but it really jumpstarts and it really gets to the point so fast. And just like Jason explained. So Jason, thank you so much for joining me here. Thank you for explaining. And you're such a fun fun guest. Like, wow. It was really an interesting conversation. And our time just went like that. Yes. So thank you very, very much. I really appreciate it. Guys, bye till next time. Thank you for listening. We highly appreciate all of our listeners. And Mental Health Together is better. You being here means a tremendous amount to us. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like some extra boost of information and inspiration that is not on the podcast, you can go to our website, hopetorecharge.com. There's some premium content that for the cost of a cup of coffee, you can download some amazing information that will help you, a tool that will guide you through life. So don't skip a beat. Don't hesitate. Go to hopetorecharge.com. Thank you for joining us. And remember, if you enjoyed this and you want to say thank you, the best way of gratitude will be by you leaving a review or a comment or sharing this with a loved one. There is no greater form of gratitude for us. Thank you. Thank you.